God, today we lift our white flag. We lift the cross. We lift it high. We lift it high. Father, today is your day. We don't come here to hear a word from a man. We don't come here to sing praises that someone else has written. But, Father, we come here to show you with our actions, with our lives, God, that you are our God. Father, today will be the best weekend. Today will be the best Sunday that Faith Promise Church has ever seen. Father, we, I pray right now, not, not for what I have planned or for what the worship team has planned or for pa Pastor Chris's plan, but, God, for your plans. God, for, for you to be honored and glorified today. A lot of people in here haven't been to church in a long time. A lot of people have been coming to church since they were a little kid. And God, we don't want what church has to offer. We want what you have to offer. So Father, today in a mighty way we ask you to move. God, today, best church service. God, what I ask for, what I request is your special manifest presence in this place. From the front row to the last seat of the balcony. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Is anybody excited to be at church today? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm going to let you go ahead and have a seat because you're going to have a hard time keeping it. So go ahead and take it. Try to get nice and cozy. Uh, hey, if, if you don't know uh, who I am, my name is Zach Stevens. I'm one of our pastors here at Faith Promise Church. And I am so pumped that you are here. Today is an incredible day. It's going to be an awesome day. And like I said, uh, sorry, let me get where I'm supposed to be. Okay. Okay. So. Don't need that. All right, so I've been coming to church here for 18 years. I, I went to FP Kids, FP Students. I came up here. I've been coming to this church for 18 years. Uh, let, let me just explain to you how long that is. When I first got here, uh, we, had, we had multiple services, and um, they, they couldn't hold me in FP Kids that long, so they would make me sit in the back because uh, I was a rambunctious hooligan, uh, and so they made me sit in the back. I, I was in church. I've been at this church so long. That there was one Sunday where Pastor, I think he preached somewhere between 46 and 1,000 services, and I fell asleep in the back row. I actually had an accident, and not it wouldn't be pee the bed, it would be pee the pew. I did that. Uh, so I've been coming to this church for a long time. We've had some incredible Sundays at Faith Promise Church. Some of you guys have been here for some of those. Uh, I know there was one Sunday where right up here, um, I, I was up here to pray with people, and a guy came up on crutches, but walked back to his seat without him. Prayed for healing. Yeah. Um, I know there was, there was a Sunday here where, uh, where during a recession where, um, you know, everybody was trying to hold on to what they had. Uh, this church gave $1.5 million cash money to spread the gospel. Like, this church has done some incredible things. Um, but here's what, here's what I'm here to tell you. Today will literally, literally be the best service you've ever been to. I've had, I, I say that, and some of you guys are thinking, yeah, you have to say that, you're preaching. No, I don't. But um, I, I've had people walk out all weekend talking to pastor or, or, or just to anybody, somebody saying that was, I've never seen anything like that at church. Here's what I need. I need you guys to start right now, before we ever get to it, start thinking about the word boldness. Boldness. There, there's a cross back here backstage, and before I was coming out here, I was praying. I was on my knees by the cross. I was holding on to the bottom of it, and I was asking God to, to empty me out, right, just, just for it to be God's word. And I, I had a weird thought shoot across my mind. Has anybody heard, ever heard of the shot heard around the world? Anybody? You may have heard of that in school. Maybe it's been too long. Uh, but that was the shot they attribute the start 
of the American Revolutionary War led to America's freedom. Incredible, incredible time. And today, listen, God's really put on my heart that today, this service will be the shot heard around the world for a revival for East Tennessee. If we will step out in boldness. And do what he asks us to do. Hey, and I know there's a lot of first-time guests here. And what I'd like to tell you, right off the bat, you are the most important person in the room. At Faith Promise, can we, can we celebrate our first-time guests? We're so happy that you're here. Uh, you picked an awesome day to come. You picked an incredible day to come. We're so happy you're here. We don't want anything from you. We just want something for you. I hope you really enjoy being at church today. Okay, so uh, j- just a little bit. Me, me and my wife. We're trying, we've only been married for about a year and a half. We're trying to be really responsible with our money. So we don't have cable. Um, so what I try to do is whenever I'm around, and, you know, we're newly married, so we find things to do. And uh, so, um, but whenever, take that for what you will. Um, when I go over to somebody's house, like my brother's house, something like that, somebody has TV, mouse, soak it up. You know, I mean, it's, it's like that's what the guy's brain was made to do, just so I soak it up. And I was flipping through in between football games. I was flipping through, and there was this channel that was talking about Oprah. And for some reason, in one of Oprah's TV shows, there was some miscommunication, and the show was that something happened to the show. It wasn't as good as it was supposed to be. And she gave everybody in the audience a car. Serious, that's what I said. And then there was a, I was watching, the same show was talking about an, an, Ellis, an Ellen DeGeneres episode. Ellen DeGeneres episode. But she, she's hysterical and whatever, and, and she just gave, for the heck of it, gave everybody in the audience an iPad. So the third thing you're hoping I say is I'm going to give you something. I just said I don't have cable. I'm not giving you nothing, all right? I could give everybody a Skittle, maybe, okay? And I'd miss a rent payment. Okay, so, but what I can give you today before the service ever starts is what I can give you is I can give you a key the key to a miracle. The key to seeing a miracle in your life. It, 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 it's not part of the meat of the message. I just want to give it to you so that we can go forward with it for free. If you're a Faith Promise member, you only have a tithe extra. I'm just going to give it to you. All right? So I just want, I, I want to lay that on you right before. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you want to mark it down where it's at, I'm, I'm going to tell you a little story out of John 2, 1 through 10. John 2, 1 through 10. Now, this is Jesus' first public miracle, okay? So we want to take note. We want to see what happened that made this miracle come to pass. Okay, so what happened is Jesus, his disciples, and his mom and dad, his family, they're at a wedding. A wedding, a wedding in Canaan of Galilee. They're in a wedding, okay? And Jesus' mother runs to Jesus and said, hey, they're out of wine. And it was only the third day. Let me explain that to you. It's a little different. In this, in this time... They didn't go away on the honeymoon. They stayed and had a big feast with their family and friends for seven days. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? So instead of going on the honeymoon, that's what they did. Uh, now, it was, the, it was the celebration. It was the beginning of a new family. So what they would do is they'd have a feast and they would have wine and they'd just have a great time for seven days. Now listen, if they would have ran out of wine on the third day, it would have been a disgrace to the family. It would have been a shame on the family. Now, the Bible scholars believe that, uh, that, that this family getting married and Jesus' family, that they were related. So Mary runs up to Jesus and says, they're out of wine. And Jesus says, what? That's not my problem. What do you want me to do? Because Jesus didn't make wine. He, he didn't have anything to do with grapes. 
right? He didn't make wine. Him and the disciples hopefully didn't smuggle a bunch of bottles in under their dresses or robes. So why would she ask Jesus? Here's my assumption. Here's what I think. A little comedic congesture here. Do you think that growing up with Jesus, some weird stuff might have happened? Like maybe they were at the family, the, the family reunion, and all the kids were jumping off a little cliff into the Jordan River. And uh, one kid jumps off, psh, another kid jumps off, psh, Jesus jumps off. There's no noise. So they think he's hit a rock. They all run over and Jesus just staying on top of the water. Gotcha. Mary's furious. Get in that water, boy. What did I tell you? She's mad. Okay, what about this? What if Mary's backing out the chariot, go get some groceries, and runs over the family's new dog? Runs over the puppy. Arr! Everybody's crying. All the kids are weeping. Mom, you killed the dog. Little uh, side note, Michelle, our worship pastor, actually did run over one of our puppies. Right? That's why we are the way we are. Not really. We were going to turn out this way anyway. So, Mary runs over the dog, right? Everybody's weeping. Everybody's crying. Everybody's so sad. She finds Jesus. Hey, Jesus, think you might be able to help me out. What are you going to do, Mom? You killed him. You ran him over. Watch where you're going. Uh, Jesus, virgin birth, that was me, brother. I know who you are. Who got fat? Me. Who lay up and I couldn't sleep? Me. Get over there. So Jesus walks over there. Picks up the dog. It was just sleeping. You know, Jesus pulled that a lot. Dog was just sleeping. I'm assuming that some weird stuff happened raising Jesus. Now, that stuff's not in the Bible. I'm just, I'm just having a little bit of fun with you. But what I do want to point out is that Mary knew who Jesus was. And in verse 5, she came up to Jesus and said, Jesus, we're out of wine. And Jesus said, what does that have to do with me? And all she said, she looked at the people around Jesus and said, do whatever he tells you to do. Whatever Jesus says, I want you to do it. Just do it. Nike didn't come up with that. Mary came up with that. Okay? Just do it here first. All right? So, <laughs> you're welcome. Okay. She says whatever, whatever he does, do it. And if you read that, it was an incredible miracle. They couldn't believe that it happened. It was nuts. Here's what I want to say for your life. For this sermon today. Whatever God tells you to do, just do it. There's going to be, I'm telling you, you've never been to a service. I'm going to ask you to do something later, and you're going to be shocked that it even came out of my mouth. I ask you right now to take it in. Give it a shot in the next 20 minutes. Whatever God tells you to do, just do it. Have the boldness, have the faith to see a miracle like they saw. Something impossible become possible. That's the God that we serve today. So we're going to get going. I just want to give you that, the key to a miracle. Just do whatever he tells you to do. Now, you guys see this up here. This right here isn't just to keep me from jumping off stage, which it helps with that too, because I'll do anything. That's why they bring me here, the lime green shirt guy, right? I'm, I'm, I'm crazy. But there's bridges on all of our seven locations. There's bridges all over, and you may be wondering why. Here's what I like to do. We're going to get to that in just a minute. But what I want to do first is I just want to talk about bridges. Let me tell you, I was just thinking. Let me tell you about a definition of a bridge that I came up with. It's very simple. I'm not going to try to change the meaning of a bridge. A bridge, what is it? Something that helps you cross a space that you cannot cross on your own. A bridge is something that helps you handle or deal with whatever is in the middle. On the way to church, everybody here crossed a bridge probably, most likely. We all have crossed bridges. We all know what bridges are. But I want to dig a little bit deeper into bridges today. Now, the first bridges 
were built by nature, right? A tree would fall across a stream, or maybe a big rock would break off and fall down and get wedged into a chasm between two cliffs, or, or however it went. Nature built the first bridges. You know, you guys have probably seen them if you ever went on a, like a hike or a walk. Judging by how much some of you guys moved during worship, maybe you haven't went on any hikes, uh, but maybe you've seen it on Google or something. Um, but a bridge is something that helps you get across something you can't reach yourself. Now, man eventually caught on. We started building our own bridges. You know, actually in Greece, uh, where, where Greece was, there's, a, there's, a, there's some bridges there that are still in use that were built in the 13th century B.C. That's old. They're still in use. And China actually just built a 26.4-mile long bridge. So, like, man has been building bridges for a long time. We're still building, building bridges. Bridges are, are an integral part of what we do, but why are we talking about bridges here today? Why, why are we talking about bridges? Now, if, 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 you, if, you, if you haven't been in church in a long time, or maybe you were bribed to come here with a meal, or you told there was pretty girls here, or whatever, uh, just not the pregnant one on stage is mine, so eyes off, buddy. Okay, so what I want, what, what I want us to think about today is that God and us, we're not on the same plane. And let me tell you why. God's perfect, and we're not, right? Most of us have sinned on our way to church today. I'm not going to make you raise your hand, but the ones you got cut off and told them that they were number one, you know what I'm talking about? Huh? Or maybe your wife made you late, and you said some things. We, we probably have sinned, we probably fallen short today. We're not on the same, uh, we're not on the same level with God. If we were, he wouldn't be God, would he? He'd just be a man or, or, or something like that. Now, let, let me read you a verse that really encompasses that really, really easily. Now, now, you may have heard this verse, but let me point something out to it you may have never heard before. Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, most of us heard that, and a lot of you guys may have just tuned me out because I said the word sin. But wait. Because you, when you hear sin, you hear guilt and shame and you're a bad person. Hold on. Let me tell you something about sin. Sin is just an archery term. All sin means is that you miss the bullseye. Now, my parents are smart people, so they didn't give me and my brother darts or bow and arrows and things like that. We would have literally killed each other. But we would go outside and make them uh, out of wood and things like that that we found. But we, we would try, and it's impossible to hit the bullseye every time. If you've ever thrown a dart or shot a bow and arrow or just watched a movie, you know that it's impossible to hit the bullseye every time. All that verse is saying is that all have missed the bullseye. Remember when I said God was perfect? God never missed the bullseye. So since God has never missed it and we miss it so often, it separates us. So for all have sinned and fallen short, maybe we've never noticed this. We've all sinned, missed the bullseye, and fallen short. Now listen, when you fall short of something... That means you can't reach it on your own? Doesn't that seem like a place you might need a bridge? For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Let me read you another verse that may make it a little easier to understand. This is Isaiah 59.2. But your iniquities, it's just another word for sin. Your iniquities have, have made a separation between you and your God. Your sins, not miss, missing the bullseye, have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear you. Let's put it this way. Let's put it on me. Let's make it personal for me. 
if, if we apply that verse to my life, but Zach, your iniquities, your iniquities has separated you from God and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not even hear you. My sin, every time that I've, I've been selfish or that I've looked at pornography or that, I, that, I've, been, that I've, I've put myself before others or whatever it is, I've cheated, I've lied, it's put a distance between me and God. This is something that man, and you know what? Yes, that's true for me. It says that the gap between me and God was so big that I couldn't even see his face, that I couldn't even hear his voice. Now that's me. I don't know about you. But man has known for forever. Just like we've been building bridges for a long time, we've known that we're not right there with God, that there was a separation between us and God. What has man tried to do? We've tried to build bridges. I was thinking about myself and the bridge that I've tried to build between me and God. And you know what? I think this represents it pretty well. The chasm between God and I, I told you, is so big I can't even see his face. It's so wide, I'll yell and he can't even hear me because I've, I've separated myself so far from him. You know at UT, uh, UT uh, University of Tennessee, at, at Pellissippi, there's, there's a class called World Religions. I think they should change the name to Failed Construction Projects. Think about it. Every bridge they're talking about falls short. Every bridge they talk about, there's no guarantee. Here's what I want you to know. Here's what I need you to know. If you're trying to build a bridge to God through your good works, through being a good person, through being kind, through just hope, it's going to fall way short. Whenever it's said that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, there's a huge chasm between us and God. And what does the bridge that you've built look like? What is it built on? What, what is the bridge that you're trying to reach God with? What does that look like? Is it a failed construction project like those bridges I had to learn about in college? What does it look like? What I want to do today is I want to talk about a different bridge. I want to talk about the bridge that Jesus Christ built. Some of you, all of us have heard that name. Let me, let me just, let me tell you a little bit about the bridge. I've been studying for weeks about the bridge that he built. Just hear me out. Some of you guys are saying, Zach, there's a lot of bridges. All right? I'm a smart guy. I'm a smart girl. I know that God is too loving for there to be only one bridge. Let's talk about that for a second. If there's a bunch of bridges, why would, G, why would God send his one and only son to be tortured and crucified? Why would he give what mattered the most to him if there was bridges all over the place? i got to be honest with you, from what I've studied, if there's a lot of ways to heaven and he sacrificed Jesus, I don't think I want to serve that God. Can I be honest with you? That's not a God that I want to serve. God knew there was only one way, there was only one bridge to get to God, and that was Jesus. Since we brought up Jesus, let me tell you a little something about him. In the Bible, there's, 300, there's 356 names that Jesus goes by. They say a lot of names that are meant for Jesus. There's one that really stands out to me right now. That's 1 Timothy 2.5. It said, for there is one God and one mediator between God and humanity. That is Jesus Christ. Let me read it one more time. For there is one God, and that's God, the one we're separated from, and one mediator between God and humanity. That is Jesus Christ. You know mediator? 
Another word for mediator, a synonym, is middleman. You know, doesn't that seem a lot like a bridge? Jesus is our one and our only mediator, our one and only middleman, and our one and only bridge. He is the, he is the only one that is able to hold us. Let me tell you one more thing. Because this bridge we're talking about, this bridge we're talking about, no matter which one, this is a dangerous chasm down here. Because what we're, because remember a bridge helps you what's in the middle? What's in the middle of this one is eternity in heaven or hell. The bridge right here is, 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 is what's going to save you or is what's going to send you into a, 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 an eternity separated or with God. So this is a dangerous bridge. If I was going over a bridge like that, and I am, not only me, but I have my wife and my about-to-be newborn baby daughter, I have their hands in mine as I lead them across this bridge. And you know what? If I'm going to do that, I want a guarantee on this bridge. What I want is I want to go across a bridge that actually has a guarantee. Let me tell you about something that Jesus, he is the only bridge that can offer this. In John 5, 24, Jesus says, I assure you, anyone who hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will, will not come under judgment but will pass from death to life. Listen, there's only one bridge, only one religion that can promise going, going from death to life. They all say it. They all say you can go from death to life. But there's only one who has somebody who has went from death to life. And that is Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people who have died on crosses. But there's only one who is still breathing today. And that's Jesus Christ. Why would we depend on any bridge that has never actually gotten from death to life? Does that make sense? Jesus not only promises, I can take you from death to life, but I'll hold your hand through it because I have walked from death to life. He's the only one that can promise that. He's the only one that can extend that. That's why this is the bridge that I'll put me and my family on. That's why this is the only bridge that I will depend on. Now, some of you guys are saying, Zach, this bridge can't hold me. But you don't know what I've done. There's no way Jesus died for me. Can I, can I read you something? I, I don't know. If, hey, maybe you haven't been in church in a long time, and maybe you're not sure what good preaching looks like, but it's coming. Okay? It, it, right, you're about to see it. Take a picture. Tweet it. It's coming. Okay. Not really. Don't tweet it. Listen to this. Okay. I'm going to read you something. This revolutionized my walk with God right here. Can the bridge hold me? Yes. Not only can it hold you, Jesus wants to hold you. Let me unpack that. In Hebrews 2.12, keeping your eyes on Jesus, that's our bridge, the source and perfecter of our faith, our bridge. Catch this. Who, this is Jesus again, who, for the joy that laid before him endured the cross. For the joy that laid before him endured. The, let, me, let me catch you up on the cross. What they did to Jesus is they, after they went and wrongly accused him, they put him on his knees. And they took his hands and they, 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 um, they tied him down to about, about this high of a telephone pole type deal. Tied, and tied his head down. And they took something called a cat of nine tails. And they put glass and bone and clay and, and all kinds of stuff in there. And, they, and after they had him tied down, they whipped him. And they pulled it off and they whipped him. And they pulled it off and they whipped him until there was no skin left on his back. They picked him up and they put a, a, a purple robe around him to mock him because he said that he was our king and our savior. They put a robe on him to mock him and they ripped it off. 
They pulled the hair on his face out. They spit in his face. They said, everybody who loves you has left you. They took a crown of thorns and to mock him, they put it on his head. And they took a reed and they beat it down his head. And they beat it down his head. The, I read that verse this week and it says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. And I got this picture, and it will be burned in my brain forever, of, of Jesus on, on the, bent over that pole, taking his beatings, taking his beatings, and looking over, peering over his hands. And right before him, the joy, because it said there was joy before him. And the joy that was set before him was offering me and you salvation. The joy that was set before Jesus in his darkest, he said it was joy, guys. And he said that joy was offering you and I salvation. Listen, if I've ever heard of somebody or something that's strong, that's strong. Not only is it strong, but he said it was his joy. You know what that tells me? Not only is he strong enough to hold you, but he desires to hold you. He's not guilted into holding you. Some of you guys feel like people love you out of, out of uh, obligation or out of guilt. He didn't have to. It said it was his joy to love you. It's what he wanted more than anything, his joy to love you. Let me, and, and you're sitting there thinking, Zach, there's no way. That's for somebody else. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my divorce. You don't know me walking out on my kid. You don't know the sin. You don't know the drugs. You don't know the alcohol. Let me read you something else. Because I want you to take God's word for it, not mine. In Romans 10, 11 through 13, now the scripture say, not Zach, but the scripture says, everyone who believes on him will not be put to shame. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, let me explain something to you. I know you guys don't get a chance to go to seminary, so let me explain this to you. It says, um, now the scriptures say, everyone. In the Greek, what that means is everyone. That's a little slow, but you got it. Okay. Everyone. Everyone. Not everyone except you. When this was written down, people had just killed Jesus. And he still said, everyone. If it was me, I'd write everyone except for those people who just murdered me. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord be saved. Everyone. I hope that you guys are getting, I hope you're getting a little excitement. Go in your stomach. I hope that you're getting the goosebumps. I hope you're getting pumped up. Let me read you something. I told you today would be the most amazing service Faith Promise ever had and the boldest service Faith Promise ever had. God is about to call some of us to do something. It's going to be the best service, the most incredible thing you've ever seen at church. But what that calls for is an amazing passage. Let me read you another amazing passage. passage. In Acts 2, 37 and 38, when they heard this, they are the people who just crucified God, and they're, they're hearing a sermon, kind of like what you guys are hearing today. When they heard this, they, sitting in the same seat we are, came under deep conviction and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what must we do to walk across this bridge? What must we do? Repent, Peter said to them, and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. You already know. You know if you never walked across this bridge. You know if you've never made that decision. But here's something I want to point out. They said, Peter, what do we do? He said, you repent. You walk across the bridge that Jesus made, and then you get baptized. There's a lot of us in here who have never been baptized. Here, look, I'm, I'm, I love you, and I don't say this to offend you, but if you were sprinkled when you were a baby, 
I'm, I'm being totally serious. That was not your decision. Jesus asked for us to get baptized on a decision that we make. Maybe you were baptized in VBS when you were a kid because that's what everybody else did. But it was a not, decision, a not decision that you have made. Maybe you got baptized when you were a kid but gave your life in, when you were 16, 18, 25. But you've never been baptized. Listen, from, from God's word, baptism is a lot like wearing a wedding ring. You know what? If, if I watched Rachel get ready in the morning, watched her ready to go out to have a, what, what, whatever she was doing for that day, and I saw her pick up her wedding ring and decide not to wear it, I, I would just be brokenhearted. I would be brokenhearted. There's a lot of people today here who have never put on the wedding ring, who have never went publicly. There's people, all, there's hundreds, seriously, there's hundreds of people all over our campuses today who have never walked across the bridge of salvation and who have never been baptized. And today is your day. Listen, because I'm about to tell you something, and it's going to get crazy in here. No one in the Bible was ever called privately. No one in the Bible was ever called privately. They were called publicly to show the world, to show everybody around them what they had done. Here in a minute, we're going to pray. We're going to pray, and people are going to give their life to Christ. People, for the first time, are going to walk across the bridge of salvation in their hearts. Here's what I'm going to ask. Is that after we pray and while we celebrate, that you would walk across this literal bridge. This bridge right up here. If you... Today, for the first time, know you need to be baptized. I'm going to beg you to be bold. And when we celebrate, to get up and walk across this bridge. To get up and for the first time proclaim publicly, this is who I belong to. This is who I am. I will no longer hide in private who I am. Today is going to be the day. Last night, during a devastating UT loss, we had 20 people walk across this stage. This morning, we had another 40. That's just at this campus. There will be hundreds of people. There will be hundreds of people today who walk across this bridge. Zach, I don't have clothes. I can't. I can't get baptized. I have clothes for you. Back there. I have clothes. Zach, I'm, ah, I'm going to eat, out to eat or something like that. It's okay. It's all right. You should go out to eat and celebrate the decision you just made. Today, is, it's going to get awesome. Okay, here's what I want to do. I want everybody in the room just to bow your head and close your eyes. Just listen to my voice. Don't get on your cell phone. Don't start thinking about something else. Just, just hear my voice. Just hear my voice. I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And if today, for the first time, you want to give your life to Christ, do it. But Zach, I've never prayed before. That's okay. It said that all who call on the name of the Lord, not all those who call on the name of the Lord 40 times, it's all those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. I beg you today that if that's the decision you want to make, I beg that you would make it. I beg that you would make it. We are not promised tomorrow. The bridge that you are relying on, if it's not Jesus, is not enough. This is the only one that guarantees passes from death to life and a relationship with God. 
If you want to make that decision in your heart, I want you to just repeat after me. Inside, mean it. Just repeat after me. Jesus, I know you died for me to bridge the gap I could never cross. You died for me. Now I will live for you. I surrender my life. You are my Lord. You're my everything. Amen. Keep your heads down. Keep your eyes closed. Just, just, just hear my voice. Hear my voice. If you did that for the first time, I'm going to count to three here in a minute. And I want you, do, please do not let anything hold you in your seat. Do not let anything keep you down. If there's any inkling, I need to get up. Nothing else is going to tell you that. God is the only one that's going to tell you to get up and be bold. Number two, if there's anybody in here who needs to be baptized, you know you need to be baptized. I was saved when I was a kid, or I was sprinkled when I was a kid, but I've given my life to Christ. Today is your day. We're ready for you. The water's warm. It's time today. And the third thing, whenever I count to three, faith promise, if you've given your life to Christ, if you have followed through with baptism, and you, I, I need you to celebrate and let these people know it's the best decision you've ever made. We're going to embolden people. We're going to stay here for about ten minutes and watch people walk across this stage. We will stay here and we will worship. Just a moment ago, if you prayed that prayer with me, or if you need to get baptized, I'm going to count to three. We're going to stand up and we're going to celebrate you as you come and walk across this bridge. As you walk across the one and only bridge that crosses from death to life. Oh, I hope you're ready. One. All righty. Let's do this. One, two, three. Get up, faith promise. Celebrate with me.